0: Hi, everyone. This is Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy, and I am Soichiro Yagami. Welcome to the show, and I appreciate you for listening. It is Friday. Friday has finally arrived. It is here. After a week of fun and nonstop madness all at the same time, Friday is here. Um, today's show is one that is dear to my heart, and it's something that I had to speak about because it just needed to be talked about, if you can say it that way. Um, today's show is all about hope. The title of the show is Gay, Black, and Hopeful. And before we get into the topic and start talking, I want to let you know that you can reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Vero, and... um. I don't really know if there's any other major social media pod, uh, platforms, but just look for Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy or hashtag LGBB. You can submit information to the show, give a topic, letters, whatever you want to say to me, and I'll definitely take a look at it, see where we go from there. Um, I have hiccups today, so I apologize if you just heard all that, but, uh It's always great to hear from you guys, and I cannot thank everybody enough for all the support that you have continually showed, because without you, this is not possible for me. Um, Also, if you want to reach out by email, you can do so at the Lifestyle email. It's lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, g as in gay, B as in black, B as in boy, at gmail.com. And I will keep you anonymous to the show if you'd like to, or if you want me to give you a shout out, I can do that as well. Um, so let's get into it. So today's topic is gay, black, and hopeful, and I wanted to talk about this because last week I did gay, black, and outspoken, and it was more of a me just venting, getting things off my chest because, you know, a lot of shit has been going on, especially in the news and the media, and we've been seeing it, I feel like we're just inundated by just negativity on a scale that, at least for myself, I have not felt or noticed or even paid attention to before. I think now that I'm getting older and watching the news and getting more into politics and seeing what's happening in the world and actually giving a fuck about what's happening... I'm noticing so much more. And sometimes that will just work its way into your body and you just sit there and brood and it festers and nobody wants that. It's just terrible. Um, So I thought today, let's talk about hope. Hope is always there for us, even when we think it's not. It's something beautiful and it's something that I don't feel can be quantified as far as a measurement. Like, I can't go to the store and be like, hey, can I just get a cup of hope? Or, you know, that bag of hope over there, I'm going to go ahead and pick that up and put that in my cart. I mean, if you could, it'd be amazing. Because sometimes you just need a little hope booster. Um, But, you know, it, it is what it is. So, with today's world being filled with so much trash that it can be incredibly easy to fall in despair hope is always there for us in a way that we may not even acknowledge at times. And it is important to note that when you're in a despaired state, or at least for myself, when I'm in a despaired state and I just think, why is this happening in the world? And maybe I just don't want to go on and not in a way to hurt myself, but in a way to just say, oh, I just want to say fuck it all and run away from it. Hope reminds me that there is still more to this world. Um, So with that being said, and today's episode being all about hope, some of the things that have to do with hope that I just thought were great um, descriptors of hope, or not even descriptors, what will we call it? Synonyms for hope are auspicious, bright, encouraging, golden upbeat and I could go on and on for words that inspire hope. It's important to have hope because hope is a light that shines through the deepest, darkest night. It really does. And if that's a quote from something, you know, somebody tell me about it. But hope itself, it can start so small and so tiny. It's it's like a little snowball that just builds and builds and builds. You know, hope is this glimmer of light. It can start as just the smallest flicker and the darkest space that we may have never even noticed. And then eventually it can get so grand that can illuminate the galaxy. For my anime watchers out there, if you're into Digimon, the first season, which was the best season, I'm just going to say it that way. And if you don't like me, fight me on it. Um, there was one character, Kari, and she represented hope for the group of the Digi Destin, who were this group of kids who were saving the world from digital menaces that could have destroyed life as they knew it. And her power of hope was meant to inspire the group that she was with. And it became one of the strongest powers in the actual anime. And, uh, her light of hope always started as this little glimmer, this little flicker, and then she ended up creating one of the strongest Digimon of the whole entire group just from that power of hope and not giving up and believing that there is so much more. That is how I see hope, you know. And with that hope, even after it becomes so bright, it can still go even further. It can become a light spectrum that we can't even see with our own eyes, but it's still there. It's a presence that does not go away. Because even for people who have been downtrodden, who are in the worst spot in their life, hope is that power to get back up and keep going, even if you don't feel like it. So especially with the state that our world, our society, collective, and individuals are in this day, Hope is there, and it's there for me. It's so comforting. It's like the best blanket I could ever put on. Even if it's a million degrees outside, it's one of those blankets that you still just want touching your body because it's just beautiful. So the other day, I got on Twitter, and I'm learning to use Twitter. Yeah, I still don't understand all of it. But I am starting to get it more. I know that RT, even though you really don't see it that often anymore, is not abbreviation for the direction right. It is actually meaning retweet. I'm learning that, and I'm learning how to use hashtags in a way where I'm not just plastering them all over the place. But I got on Twitter yesterday, and I saw the Klan rally, A.K.A. Donald Trump's rally. I saw it was trending. And I'm pretty sure everybody heard the chant of what was uh, send her back, I think is what they were saying. Uh, so I saw it and it really got annoying to keep seeing all these things because there were people who were just outwardly supporting this. And Now that I've gotten more into Twitter, I understand that it is a platform just to troll people on. There's not really much substance that's there, but I saw it and I'm like, well, damn, this is just redonkulous. And then I saw the video of the people at, um, President Hitler's rally. And when I saw the people there blatantly chanting, send her back, faces right on camera, they didn't give a damn. I was smeckledorfed. I was smeckledorfed. I was slapped in the face to see that so many people were openly chanting racist rhetoric. It blew my mind. I... They were just saying it like, hey, give me some M&M's or, hey, I'm gonna go to the store. Like, it was nothing to them to chant something so terrible that is... Seated in racism, um, my mind was blown. And for a minute, I started to despair. I started to feel that despair coming over me that this is where our country is going. This is what it's going to be. I mean, racism has always been a part of America. America is built on racism, it really is. But to see it just so openly. I didn't think at my age, in this time, we would see racism so blatantly on display. And then I heard the crap that uh, President Hitler was saying about the chanting, how he tried to stop it, which, I mean, I'm sorry, unless you saw the video that I saw, he didn't stop it. Um, he didn't overtalk the people. He actually reveled and enjoyed the chant. So I saw that crap and I'm just like, well, damn. Um, You know, he just doubled down on his lies. And of course, we all know this. When you're a criminal, a liar, this is what you do. But then I saw something else happening on Twitter, which I loved. I saw videos and tweet after tweet of people denouncing the racism, people fighting back, not with just words to insult the people who were doing the chant, but words of love, words of encouragement, words of support. That was the glimmer of hope. That right there, it was like somebody just slapped me in the face with a handful of glitter. And I was like, wait, there's something else happening here. I went from Smeckledorf to happy in maybe the span of three seconds to see all the people who were out there just as openly saying that this is wrong and that the people who are there, they're just damaged. The, those people who are, are chanting that, who are racist, who have this mentality, they're damaged people. They are damaged people. And I'll say it myself because I believe it. They're looking for love that they have not gotten in their life and they need love. They do need love. Now, I'm not excusing their behavior because of their damaged state, but they need love. So let's fight them back with love, not more hate, because hate only breeds hate. But when I saw these people speaking and posting love and support, it completely removed the despair that was building inside of me. It gave me hope that we can get the reincarnated Hitler out of the White House and get to actually being great, to being a great place to live, a great country, a great space. Because right now I view this place as trash, to be quite honest with you. Um, It showed me that there are free thinking lovers of humanity that are out there and they greatly outnumber the damaged sheep that happen to follow this man. That fact was reinforced for me after I started looking into more things. So in that whole span of hopping on Twitter, seeing the rally, and then hearing the chant and everything, I started to look at the Democratic uh, candidates who want to run for president. And I started looking more into it. Now, I watched the Democratic debate, but I didn't understand everything that was there. And part of what I didn't understand was the busing situation that Kamala Harris was talking about. Now, I had heard about it very, very briefly, and this was years ago, but I never looked into it. I never really researched it. And to my detriment, I didn't research it because it's something that is huge. It, it was a huge moment and milestone in American history, especially when it came to desegregating a lot of our population. Um, So the busing that she was talking about, it was meant to help in school segregation during the period of time where the courts and um, I'm sorry, not the courts, well, the legal system and everything was really supporting segregation. Um, So one of the things that I would say is research the busing. Um, It's something that it'll blow your mind busing itself was meant to end school segregation and there was a lot of pushback. There was a lot of fight. And the funniest thing is it actually worked far better in the South than it did in the North to help end segregation. There was a lot of pushback from the North, more than there was in the South. Um, It's something to look into. It really is. And maybe I'll do a podcast episode to focus on these. You know, I'm not going to say maybe. I'm going to do it. There will be a podcast to focus on. Busing and segregation, and let's just go into racism and have a conversation about it, and keep the conversation going. Um, but as I was researching about the busing and the segregated era that Kamala Harris was referring to, I came across the Supreme Court case Swan versus Charlotte Mecklenburg Board of Education, and. It's an interesting case. You can find the notes from the case, the ruling, the judgment, and everything online. You can simply Google Swan versus Mecklenburg. and It'll automatically bring up um, the court case. Um, But I want to read a quote from the actual ruling. And now this is just a snippet of the quote. This is not the entire quote. So I want to just read part of it. And one of the Supreme Court justices who actually was giving the ruling, said that all things are not equal in a system that has been deliberately constructed and maintained to enforce racial segregation. I gotta read it one more time. All things are not equal in a system that has been deliberately constructed and maintained to enforce racial segregation. Again, that is part of the ruling statement from Swan v. Charlotte Mecklenburg Board of Education. Now, that's going to be the quote of the day. And the reason why I bring up this quote is because reading this quote, it helped foster the hope that I had in my heart even more. It was like somebody took a bottle of gasoline The hope that I already had inside from seeing all the support and loving messages on Twitter to fight this racism was already a roaring fire. It's like someone just took gasoline and dumped it right on top of it when I read that quote. And the reason why it did that is during that time period when busing was becoming um, the ruling of the land and schools were being desegregated, It was the social norm for black kids to go to a white school and in that school, the children and staff of that school would call those kids niggers. They would assault them, throw food at them, make it the worst experience of their life. I can't imagine what those kids had to go through and just watching and seeing the pictures and the videos that do exist of it. Oh my God, it's just I couldn't imagine that. And you just want to go to school and you just want to learn. Um, But to hear and to see that there were still people, even in that time, people who were white at that time, saying that this system was made to keep everything segregated. How can anybody have a fair shot in it? That right there, to know that there were people still speaking out even though it was far, far unpopular to do so. From the highest court in the land, speaking and calling the system what it is, that let me know that no matter how blatant racism will become in our country, no matter how much support people stand behind the man in the White House, and you know what, I'll say it myself, I shouldn't call him President Hitler. That's just me trying to inflame anger out of other people. So if you got upset about it, I'll actually apologize for it. But it lets me know that hope is universal across the board. And there will always be people to speak out against the injustices that occur in this world. And it's something that's just, it's, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, you know, the light of hope... It's something that's going to shine through the future and it's going to exist and still exist even long after we're gone. So hope itself, it does manifest in many ways. Um, It's truly impossible to quantify it or qualify it for everybody in this world because it's different for everybody. So I can just speak on my path of it. I mean, I can't put it in a box, but I can at least get it out from inside of me. Um, I just think about things that have occurred for myself in my life and how there have been really hard and rough times where I didn't think I'd make it to another day. I didn't think I'd make it through the situations that I'm facing. And then somehow there's just this force inside of me that says, get your ass up and go do what you have to do. And, you know, one of the great parts of it is my therapist helps inspire hope in me as well. Because even when I'm ready to just throw in the towel, she's like, nope, you you can't do that. Life doesn't stop just because it gets hard. And if you stop because it gets hard, you're still going to be stuck in the same situation the next moment that you try to go back to it. So it's pertinent to solve it now. Get it out of you. Get it out of you so it's not going to... Stop who you are and where you could be. Um, and it's just something that's beautiful. I just can't even lie. I just love to love to see it. Um, if you guys happen to see some things that I did post on the social medias, hope is starting all over the world. Well, it's, I can't even say start. I can see the physical manifestation of the hope that I've had for a while becoming pertinent in the world. So one thing that I did post was about Sudan. Um, There's actually agreement in place now for the ruling of the country to go to the people. Um, There are still things that are happening over there. There's still injustices that are occurring. And it's not time to sit back and say, oh, they're all good. Let's chill on Sudan because it can go right back to where it was easily. Um, But there's actually an agreement in place to stop the violence, to stop the rapes, the assaults, the deaths, the murders. There's plans in place. There's actual things happening. There's interventions. Um, Puerto Rico. I was just reading about their situation and what they have going on. And their governor, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's the governor there was a part of a lot of corrupt activity and corrupt behavior. And then racism, bigotry, homophobia, xenophobia, all these things are coming out about this man who was in power there. And the people are fighting. They're protesting in the streets. They're showing love and sharing messages of love with each other. And they're building the supportive base. There's just hope building and building and building. It's just beautiful to see. Um, there's these things around the world that are happening and there are things that are in our country that are happening, that are helping to inspire hope for me. And I hope for the rest of the people. I hope for you who are listening. I hope that you have it. I mean, I can't stop saying it. I don't know why I'm so happy about just talking about hope, but it's something that's beautiful. Um, but that's my rant on hope. That is just my little rant and my little thing that I can say that hope does for me. Um, on a personal level with this podcast, I hope that it inspires anyone who's out there who maybe didn't hear a voice like theirs to know that you can go on and still do things, follow your passion, follow what you love in your life. It's hope. (laughs) That is what it is to me. Um, I just, I love it. Hope is something beautiful for the world. Um, So what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to take a little break. I'll be right back. Here's a message from the sponsors. Hi, everyone. Today's episode of Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy is sponsored by Anchor. If you're not familiar with Anchor, let's talk about it for a little bit because it's not something that's going to tie you down to the bottom of the ocean. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. And everybody knows a girl loves free. Free is better than skinny. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. They do all of the work for you. I mean, look at this. You can hear my crazy, whiny voice on over 10 platforms already. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started. And then you can have your voice out there like this little girl here. So check it out, y'all. And let's get back to the show. All right, guys, we are back. So part of what... I did when thinking about this topic of hope. I wanted to hear from other people about hope, what it is that gives you hope, how do you view hope, and how important is hope for you in your life. Um, And I proposed the question on social media and specifically in one location, there's a group that I'm a part of called Black Podcasters United. And I love the responses that I got for the question that I asked. So let me actually read the question first. So that way, you know, it'll actually make sense. Um, But the question itself that I posed to the group was... Oh my gosh, I just lost my place trying to read my own writing. Um, The question was, what does hope mean to you? How often in your life do you draw from the well of hope That we all have inside of us? And do you have hopeful words to share with other people? So, a couple of people responded, and your responses alone just made me even more excited about this. Um, Stephanie responded, and she said that she draws from the well often because sometimes that is all that we have. Hope to me means going on when you don't know the outcome, it's divine assurance divine assurance. I just love that term right there. It's, I can't even add to it. That's what hope is. And Stephanie, I loved it because it inspired me to know that somebody else views it as something so deep and amazing. And the conversation started to build from that point. And I asked uh, Stephanie, does she ever feel that the well of hope will run dry? Um, And her response was, yes, but that is where God has put great people in my life. Also, positive self-talk works wonders. Stephanie, you're just blowing my mind. Because having a base to your life and then having people in your life who inspire hope and inspire greatness out of you. It's something that a lot of people don't always have. It's something that, you know, if you don't have it in your life, maybe it's something that you want to have. Building that family, building that network, and having those people there for you. I remember something my grandmother would always say to me. She would always say that there will come a time in your life when there will be nobody there. Nobody to reach out to, nobody to call because. They're just not there, and it's nothing against the people in your life who have always been there for you, but there will be a moment where you're going to be completely alone. And then that's where God steps in, or that's where that well of hope that's inside of you, you got to start drawing from it. You just got to go in there and say, hey, nobody else is here to help me right now, but I have to get up and I have to keep going. Um... I love my grandmother. She always adds something in there. Um, And then Rebecca, she commented on it and she said, I look at hope as I do faith. We can hope all day, but we must be some type of action behind it. And I believe that as well. You know, hope, it's that driving energy that gets the movement going. And then the actions that come from hope are massive and huge You know, if you just hope and you just sit in silence and do nothing, it's not a terrible thing to me. um, Because at that point, you still have an ability to do something for yourself, to take yourself out of a funk, or to put yourself in a mindset that will be conducive to whatever project you're going to work on eventually at some point in your life. Um, But hope without action, just altogether, can be detrimental, especially if you want to affect change in the world. You know, I look at where we're at now when it comes to the presidency and this uh, voting that's going to be coming up soon. And yes, I do hope that change will come, but I know I have the power to affect that change as well. Even if, and God forbid, he gets four more years, the fight doesn't stop there justice will eventually come to the surface. And the way we keep that going is by talking about it. And, you know, I see people wanting to call him racist and all these things. We know that. We know he's a racist. We understand he's a racist. If you're going to start calling names, criminal would be the first one I would shout. Criminal, deviant, and traitor. Those are the things that we need to call him to the carpet on because those are the things that will affect change. And as we keep making this voice louder and louder and louder. It can only be ignored for so long. So just by putting your voice out there, you're affecting change and there's action behind it. So then Stephanie got in on the conversation and Stephanie said, my hope is knowing I can move on when things aren't serving me, even my country. Stephanie was so true with that response. I am Team Stephanie because it is that ability to know that you can keep going and keep moving even when the world that's supposed to support you isn't supporting you. So with that and knowing that there is more that is out there in the world, that is something that has stuck with me my entire life. You know, I I believe that aliens are real. Um... I believe that there is an unseen world that we have no idea what it looks like, but I have hope that one day I will see it. I have hope that I will gain as much knowledge in the world as I can before I pass and pass that knowledge on to other people. And those are just my hopes. And then it builds and it builds and it builds. And now I'm starting to venture out and see these things that I've been hoping to finally experience and see. And It just has made the world even a better and brighter place for me. And we know that our country that we're in isn't supportive of people who are Black, people who are of color. we're always going to get the short end of the stick until real change comes. And I hope that that change comes soon. So, Stephanie, if you happen to move out of the country, I may go with you. Um, You know, a little fun. In the sun, or wherever we're going to go to, because at some point, if the change doesn't come here, my action is to go someplace else and make that change. Because there was a quote that I read a while ago if you can't change the world, then change yourself or change where you are. And I believe that. Um, so then Cole got into the conversation, and Cole, um, thank you for your compliment, all of you, for saying that this was a great topic. Um, it's only great because you guys are the ones who are participating in it, but um. Cole said, hope to me means that no matter how things look, you continue forward in expectation of better. There is a scripture which says we walk by faith and not by sight. Hope has to be a part of that bold forward progress, even when the naysayers surround you. Hope is even stronger if the naysayer lies within you like it has with me far too often. I relate to this 100%. 100% I relate to this. And the reason being, and thank you, Cole, for your submission on it, um, I, I'm pretty sure just like everybody else in this world, I'm my worst court critic. Um, I... Will talk myself out of situations left and right and be my biggest naysayer. And that's just because I'm afraid of success or I'm afraid of actually completing a goal. I'm afraid because I think once I get to the end, I won't like what I see. And then that's where hope comes in. That's where hope comes into play because it's something that uh, fights the naysayers, just like Cole said. It's something that gets the naysaying out of you. So it's like when I open up a bag of chips, and this is going to be a very basic relation of me and a bag of chips. I hope that this bag of chips tastes good, but I'm afraid to eat the chips because what if they don't taste good? But Hope comes in and tells me and it says, well, you already have the chips. Eat them. Because whether you eat them or not, they're still going to taste the same. So either you can waste your time being worried and talking yourself out of accomplishing eating this bag of chips. Or reach your damn hand in the bag and take out a chip and bite it. Show that chip who's boss because the chip at the end of the day has no power and will buckle faster than I will. It's part of it. Even with recording this podcast, I talked about it in the past. My voice has been a contentious part of my life for the longest time. And I have realized that whether or not I speak, my voice is the same. And whether or not people like it, my voice is the same. So the power of hope that's inside of me that says, Hey, tell that voice inside of you to shut the fuck up. And use your real voice and just go out there and accomplish it and do it. That's where I'm at today. I had hoped that this podcast would be an accomplishment for me. And now that I'm doing it, it is. So it's interesting. Um, and then I want to mention somebody who I met yesterday while I was out shopping for socks. I am a sock addict. Um, his name is Aaron and Aaron if you're listening, shout out to you. Thank you for the great conversation we had we I was at the mall and I met Aaron and Aaron was very inspirational nineteen years old and already is looking to buy a house has career goals and accomplishments opened up his own barber shop and uh Aaron asked me to talk about something and it had to do with hope and relationships and I didn't think about this when I was first thinking about hope and writing this topic down, but he brought up a great point. Hope exists in relationships, and I'm talking about romantic relationships and friendly relationships. You know, if you're in a bad relationship, which I have had my fair share, sometimes you hope it'll get better. You know, let's say you and your partner are arguing all the time, or You and your partner have suffered through infidelity that continuously happens. And whether it's on both sides or one side, you're like, you know what? I'm going to stick with this because I hope he or she or they or them will change. I hope that this behavior will stop. I hope that they will love me the way I love them. So that's why I'm going to stay. Now, I'm not saying it's bad for anybody to stay in that relationship, but hope in a relationship to me works two ways. One, hope can be the power for you to stick it through and get to the happy ending that you've been dreaming about. The other part of it, remember, hope is a light. Hope is a light that will shine and does not go out. And let's say your friend or your partner or whoever you're in a relationship with is doing something in the dark. That hope that things will get better, that light will bring those things to the forefront because you're sticking around because you hope it's going to get better, but then you see it's not getting better. That light is huge. The light of hope is like a lighthouse, you know, and if you've seen a lighthouse, they're typically perched by the water and they're there to guide boats in from the jagged rocks or the coastline that is there that can destroy that ship. You are that ship and the relationship itself could be those rocks. That hope that's there is shining a light on those rocks and it's telling you, hey, there's rocks here. They are here. It's knocking on your door. Hey. Hey. Hey, hope is here. Hope is telling you that this is not a safe situation for you. Hope is telling you that this is not going to get better. This is not going to change. Those rocks will not move. So maybe it's time for you to go the opposite direction. Hope does that. Hope also has the other side effect that is, hey, they're working on themselves. Let's stay around. Hope gives you the ability to look at somebody's actions and actually see if it's beneficial or detrimental to you when you're in that type of relationship. So hope is just this massive, massive force that works in many different ways. I feel like I'm rambling. I know that I'm rambling, but I'm hoping this is making sense. (laughs) So... That's what I wanted to share. And this is the listener's lifestyle section um, of hope. So I hope it helps. I could just be punny all day long and say, I hope that this gives you hope when you go out and look for hope. That wasn't funny. That was terrible. That was just terrible. I hope I never do that again. That was just trash. (laughs) So that's the main topic for today. Um, It is hope itself. And now I want to transition to just a little point um, of what I call through the looking glass. And this is through my lens and some things that I have experienced this week itself. So I didn't have anything major or anything massive to share, but it was something that just bothered me to no extent. Um, And that is using public transit. You know, it's a great tool. It is a great source. I do not like to drive Personally, I hate driving and taking public transit is just so much cheaper in the area that I live because there's no place to ever park. Don't want a car. I don't see the point of a car. I'm over. I bought a bus pass this, well, last week and I'm getting ready to go to work and I need to use my pass to get to work. The pass does not work. bought it brand new, wasted $15 on it and it didn't work. So I get on the bus. The bus driver looks at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, um, no, I just bought this. It's not working. So I get downtown, go to go exchange my bus pass. And of course, I'm going to deal with this again. It's not working properly. So I go over to the counter, tell the woman who's behind the counter, oh, this isn't working. I just need to exchange it. Boom. She does it easily, does it easily, gets me my bus pass for all good. The part of it that bothered me, though, is after getting the pass, getting on the bus to go to work, that pass doesn't work either. And at this point, I don't really have the opportunity to go back inside to the station and say, hey, this one's not working either, because if I miss that bus, then I'm going to be an hour and a half late for work. So I say to the bus driver, I'm like, this isn't working. Um, Do you know what's wrong with it? Bus driver gives me like this attitude, attitudal face. Like I'm the person who's causing the problem here. And I'm just like, hey, this just isn't working. I just need to get to work. I will get this solved later. Let me just hop on the bus, go to work. It's not affecting you at all. Attitude galore didn't say anything, but rolled the eyes, smacked the teeth, and looked at me like, well, bitch, it's not my problem. And you know what? It isn't your problem that the past isn't working, but it is your problem that it's 8 in the morning. No, I'm sorry, not even 8, 7.30 in the morning, and you're giving me attitude about something that's out of both of our control. Neither of us have control of the situation, so why the hell are you mad? I didn't call you a bitch. I didn't spit in your face. I didn't take the coffee out of your hand and dump it in your lap. And on top of that, I did not even breathe in your direction. Because maybe my breath wasn't that fresh. I don't know. But I didn't do anything to you. I hope that you are having a better day today. I hope that this, that if you listen to this, it changes your attitude. But maybe next time you just want to be a little bit nicer. I'd appreciate that. I think the world would appreciate it because it's so much easier to be nicer than it is to scowl behind a steering wheel and you're going to deal with aggressive drivers all day long. But that's all I had to say about it. Just get off my mind. I'm happy that this is the one thing that's in my looking glass and, oh, no, actually, it's not. It's not. I, I just thought about something. So this past weekend... I was trying to be booed up and all cute and try to get myself back into the realm of dating. And I went down a rabbit hole. So when I'm trying to date, this just turns into a whole scenario of me just making bad decisions, bad choices and not setting boundaries and limits. So I met a guy, very nice guy, super sweet. Um, We met up for coffee and that went pretty well. But then I decided, oh, you know what? Well, I might as well just invite him to my house and hang out for a bit. No, not a good idea. What I did at that point is instead of setting the boundary that this is just a meet and greet to see where we're both at when it comes to dating or understanding and setting boundaries, I took myself from setting a boundary and just said, hey, you got free reign to come into my apartment right now. Boo up with me. Let's kiss, cuddle and all this stuff. No, that was not a good idea. Now, the guy was great. It was not him. It was me. I was going down the same path that I always seem to go down with men. That as instead of taking it slow and defining things, setting expectations, I just jumped from, oh, hey, we just met. You know what? Come back to my house and we're in a relationship now. No. Andrew, I am calling you out for yourself. Look in the goddamn mirror. That was the dumbest fucking thing you could have done. Instead of taking my time, I tend to just jump and say, hey, I'm balls deep in this now. No pun intended. But uh, it's not the effective way to date. So, Andrew, I got to call you out on that. Stop that. Just stop it. One day, I will go back to this and listen to it. Or maybe if the world works in mysterious ways, my grandchildren will hear it and they'll say, uncle. Oh, my grandchildren would not call me uncle. <laughs> they say granddad. Um do you still do that these days? And I'll probably say yeah, because I probably will get an Uber or a Grubhub delivery. And then next thing I know, I'm dating that person because they dropped off cherry tomatoes to me. That made no sense at all. <laughs> but that's all I had to say. Um, thank you guys for listening. This is something fun for me, something fun to do, something fun to talk about. Um, so Like always, you guys can find me on the social medias. Look for Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy or hashtag LGBB. That's lifestyle as L, gay as G, B as in boy, B as in black. Um, and you can find me on all of the social medias that way. You can also submit to the show through email at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G as in gay, b as in black, b as in boy at gmail.com. And I will gladly read what you have to say. I'll read it on the podcast. And, you know, if you want to curse me out, feel free to do so. I'll even increase my limit of words that I'll listen to that come from cursing to six, no, 17 words. You know, hit the 17 mark. After that, I'm not reading anymore. Um, <clears throat> if you're listening on Anchor or if you're on the Anchor platform, you can send me messages. Um, and if you got a topic to talk about, we can even do a podcast together. So I hope to hear from you guys. I am truly loving this. And this week is the week of pride here in upstate New York. Um, You'll see tons of pictures and posts of me just being belligerent and covered with glitter starting tomorrow. It will be tons of fun and glitter is the herpes of arts and crafts, so I will be stuck with it for the next year. But thank you guys for listening. And we're going to end this show with one quote that I just love to my core. And the quote comes from Akane Tsunamori. And if you're familiar with Psycho Pass, the anime, it is the most epic quote I have ever heard in an anime. And it applies to us today. The quote is, the law doesn't protect people. People protect the law. People have always detested evil and sought out righteous ways of living. Their feelings, the accumulation of those people's feelings, are the law. They're neither the provisions nor the system. They're the fragile and irreplaceable feelings that everyone carries in their hearts. Let it stick with you. Have a good weekend, y'all.